It's Divas That Care Radio, stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. We all seem to have that inner critic inside our heads. I have a committee, the itty-bitty shitty committee. You know what I mean, that nagging voice, or voices in my case, that knocks us down and drags us down the road of self-sabotage and self-neglect. A strong, positive sense of self-esteem is your first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Discover who you truly are, that gorgeous, talented, fabulous woman who deserves recognition and unconditional love. You know the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas That Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women living in their own self-confidence about who they truly are, how they found themselves, and how they care for themselves. Today I'm speaking with Dana Gronkos. Jenna is the, okay, I'm sorry. Janet Grosscross is on a mission to empower women financially by transforming their ideas into the income, impact, and freedom they want. In her internationally best-selling book, Goddesspreneur Game Plan, she provides practical strategies and systems to developing a successful business. She provides solutions for building customer relations, sales funnels, time management, daily method of operation, knowing your numbers, overcoming your inner demons, and much, much more. She is a writer, speaker, and coach, offering personal coaching and group programs for strategizing business goals, mastering sales, productivity, and money. She is a former tax accountant and business consultant. She is passionate about helping women thrive in abundance creating time, flexibility, financial freedom, and fun so they live a life they love. Welcome, Jana. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, me too. Tell us a little bit more about your book. Now, it's, I mean, you're in your bio there, it says you talk about many, many things. The much, much more. I mean, how much more is there than what we, I did mention? Oh, you know, I could talk about business and money forever. And I, you know, after 200 pages, I was thinking, okay, I think there is enough information in this. And this book really does help women get to six six figures, at least, and beyond, right? Because you can just use the same process and scale to the next level. And so my passion is really helping those women that are starting out their business that maybe have a little bit of success but don't know where to go from there, right? They don't know. They, I, I mean, obviously I have degrees in business and accounting and, and all this money knowledge, and yet most people who start businesses do not have a business background. They have an idea. They have inspiration. They have something they want to get out there, and they're trying to turn that into a business, but they don't have the business knowledge. So my goal is to help them have that skill set, and upgrade their mindset so that they really do create the strategies that get them the results they really want, which, you know, as an entrepreneur or as a goddesspreneur, as I call them, 
we want time freedom. We want flexibility. That's why we're doing this, right? So that's sort of the the background of the book. And yes, there is a lot of information in there. It is action packed. That's awesome. So um, I'm going to be ordering my book. Um, where, where can I order it? Do I order it on Amazon or is it through, yes. like, would I order it through the um, regular books? Like here in Canada, we would order through chapters into gold. It's available on Amazon. Both Kindle and uh, and physical copies are on Amazon. Excellent. Yes, I will be on that this afternoon. Today is Thank the you. Amazon Prime Day, so today I will be ordering it. <laughs> right. Maximize. So you're in California. Are you? Is your weather like? Um, is it quite warm now? I uh, well, I'm on the coast, so it's it's actually perfect. Right now we're about I don't know 80ish degrees for the high today. Um, typically on the coast we're a little bit cooler than inland, and it's it's just beautiful weather. I love living where other people vacation because that, that way I always feel like I'm on vacation. Oh, that's a great thought. I always wonder when I go on holidays, I always wonder, do you wonder what it's like to live here? You know, to vacation right. is beautiful, but if you live here, is it a vacation all the time? Pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I, I have the opportunity to choose when I go to the beach. I don't have to go on the busy weekends or holidays. I can go, you know, like at a staff meeting, 10 a.m. Monday morning at the beach. So it was perfect time to get down there and listen to the surf and walk in some sand, and it was absolutely mag- magical. Oh, that just sounds amazing. It really does. That's so I love that. So it's your mindset thing, right? Because if we're we're in a good space with our mindset, and if we feel good with our surroundings, I call it optimizing your environment. If we feel good about that then you're going to be more productive. You're going to be more excited about your business and your life. And when you feel that joy in all areas of your life, then everything starts to simply unfold in a magical way. Yes, I I have to agree. When you work at home, and especially after the last two or three years, I got to the point where I wasn't leaving the house, like, at all, right? Mm -hmm. And so... This winter, I thought, this is crazy. I can't do this anymore. So I would book two afternoons a week, go out and work in a coffee shop, right? Just to get myself out. And it it just got that, it gave me that kick, right? That kick to like, okay, let's get moving. Exactly. And then you've got that specific time. Like you said, you set aside that two-hour time period. I call that, that's time walking, right? Where you actually have that designated time where you're focused on specific projects or tasks, and you want to be more productive, right? And then you can go home and get into your normal routine, but you don't get distracted by, oh, I should switch out the laundry, or I should, oh, I should clean the dishes before I start my work. No, you work on your work stuff, and then you get to do the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to organizing, so time blocking <laughs> is, like, my best friend. Yeah, exactly. And when I say freak, I don't necessarily mean that in the in the good ways. Most people think of organizing freaks. I'm, it's kind of like um, I over organize, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, now does. let's 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with some questions here. Um, so your current profession or business is is coaching, right? I mean, you're an author. That's obviously on your title. But uh, what what is what is what we what's what what? Oh my gosh, I have rented lips today. What are you doing when you're not writing? When I'm not writing, besides sitting at the pool and going to the beach, I am coaching women. So I have group coaching programs. We have a we have a strategy coaching session that integrates. Um, oh my gosh, my brain just stopped. Uh, integrates workspace, you know, co-working space online, so that you do have set aside time that you can work together with somebody else. Because as an entrepreneur, we become isolated, and especially as women, we are very social creatures. So it's nice to, even if you're working on your own project, to have somebody there. It's sort of like a study group. You end up actually doing the work because you're there studying. And sure, maybe you chit-chat from time to time, but it's great to have that co-working space. So, um, yeah, other than that, I just, like, I spend my days every day finding joy. What's going to bring me the most happiness? What's going to make me feel the best? And I just follow that every single moment. I love that. And so... You spend your days finding joy. So is that kind of something that you've learned on your own, just through your own life experiences? Or did you start with, like myself, I went through depression, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, if I don't find the joy and the blessings around me, I'm going to feel worse. Oh, you are so right. And no, I didn't start by finding joy. And I do believe in working hard, and I think that was the backbone to the beginning of my success. But I also found that I kind of became obsessed with work and the perfectionism of all of it. And as a result, I was working 60 and 70 hour weeks as if it was a badge of courage. And when my, I was divorced, my kids were three and five, three and six, and I just said, this is not the lifestyle I want to create because I wasn't receiving child support, so I was financially responsible for my kids. And as a result, I kind of sat back and said, okay, working this many hours is not acceptable. What can I do? And in that moment, I set the intention And at the time, I was working a job because I thought that that would provide stability and security, which it was nothing more than frustration because I'm working for somebody else, somebody else's time, and not making the money that I want. So when I left that job, I said to myself, okay, what do I really want? And I think that's a part of this process is getting really clear on what you want, not what other people are doing, not what is you know, socially acceptable or, like I said, the badge of courage for working 60, 70-hour weeks, what is it that I want? And I wanted time because time is the one thing that you can never get back. And I can't get back my time with my kids as they're growing up. So, and because they were so young and I didn't have a lot of support around me, I needed time for myself too. So I had to integrate that with my work schedule. So my goal was I want to make the same money as I'm getting in my job. I want to be working 20 hours a week. I have time for myself. I have flexibility and time with my kids. 
and I get to actually enjoy my life. Well, Tina, guess what happened year one? I actually achieved that goal. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, I really did that. So then I'm very strategic, if you can't tell. So the next year I said to myself, okay, let's play with this. Let's play with time and money. So I wanted to work the 20 hours. I really liked 20 hours seemed to be working great for me. Let's still work the 20 hours a week, but let's double our money next year. And I did it. And I just kept playing with the time and the money until I was actually receiving what I really wanted and how much time I wanted to have. Now I have a lot of time. I love creating multiple streams of income and teaching women how to do that so they actually do have money working for them and they're not chasing dollars with their time. Wow, that sounds amazing. In a year. You managed that in a year. And that was doing your coaching. At the time, I was um, I was doing business consulting and tax accounting. Okay. But you still were able to do, like, the same job you had before in half the time. Absolutely. In oh, fact, I love that. when you're self-employed, you know, when if you think about it, when you go to a job or if you still have a job, how productive are you really? And there's studies on this that most employees are only productive about three hours a day. So if you're working an eight-hour day, there's five hours that you're, you know, chit-chatting with other people or going to get coffee or running errands or, you know, whatever it is, or just distracted. Yeah. So oh, I, I, can, I can see that. I mean, when I was working full-time, and we're talking, this was a long time ago, I remember, like, I was, like, finding work to do, right? Like, because right. When, when you're, like, you're most productive, you get, you get the, um, the work done quicker, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, I still have, like, seven hours to go. I might as well slow this down, right? So you do that, you slow it down, or you find other little things to do to keep you busy, and that makes a long day, especially when you have kids at home. One of the reasons that I wanted to be my own boss is I'm a very productive person, very efficient, and like you said, I could get the work done in an hour. Now what? Right? I would rather go home at that point. It's like payment for the work that I did, and that's why I went to consulting. It's like payment for the work that I'm doing I'll get it done and get it done right in a shorter amount of time because my time is important and I know that when I get that job done, I can go play. Right, exactly. And, I mean, your kids, I mean, they're going to learn from you, right? They're, before they saw that you were working all the time, all the time, all the time, and then all of a sudden you were still working, they're still benefiting because they're able to, you know, mommy, let's go here, let's go there. Can you buy me this? Can you buy me that? And they still have your time and more of it. Exactly. I love that because you're teaching your kids. You have a boy and a girl? I have two girls, and they're both two entrepreneurs. <laughs> See? Yeah, they're See? Oh, so they're older now. They're and 25, yeah. they're both entrepreneurs. <laughs> and so that's, I mean, you taught them that it can be done, Right. In some ways, you have it all. And that's what I want to teach women is 
I think there's so many limiting beliefs around, well, I can't really have it all. And can we really have it all? We can't have it all, but we can have the things that are most important to us. And that's, again, why I got really clear on what was important to me. And my time was the most valuable thing. And you'll hear this from a lot of entrepreneurs, that time is the one thing. If they can do anything, it's can I hire people so that it saves me more time in doing something? Can I, you know, fly on private jets because I know it's going to cut down on my travel time? Like, people are looking for ways to really maximize their time. So I always encourage people to dive into your values. Let those be your guiding star on what motivates you and what drives your business or your life, right? It doesn't have to be just business-oriented. It can just be whatever your life is. You know, money is important to me, and I like to be comfortable. However, my time is more valuable, right? Because I can never get that back. I can lose money, I can make money, but I can never get time back. I always tell my kids too, right? You can you can do anything except stop the clock, right? You can, there's nothing you do will stop the time. They, yeah, it took so them a long time to figure that out, what I meant. You know, like I have a 16-year-old now that sleeps pretty much all day. You know, and then he gets up and there's only a short time to get his stuff done. And he's like, oh, there's not enough time in the day. Oh, there is. You just slept it all away. <laughs> right. <laughs> Choices and consequences right there. Right? Choices and consequences. Right. Yes. And teenagers are just the hardest to, uh, to make understand what that means. How do you define self-confidence? Self-confidence. So self-confidence is based on your experiences, your um, skills, right? Because you could have, say, for example, I love to speak to people. I love to write. So I have a lot of self-confidence because I've gone, you know, something that I'm good at, it's something I like to do, it's something that somebody has said, you know, good job on this. So it builds my, my value and self-worth based on the fact that I've built these skills. Now, say, for instance, that, um, you know, somebody may be at something like that, but they're not good at, say, playing tennis, right? Like they don't have the skill set or they don't have the hand-eye coordination or whatever it is, and so they lack confidence in that regard. So confidence does come from building our skill set, building our belief in ourselves and, um, you know, personal achievements, uh, learning and growing from our experiences, those types of things. Excellent. So obviously, I mean, you think that it's important. It's important that we have that. Oh, absolutely. Because if you, you know, the world is basically reflecting back to you whatever you're projecting. So if you're lacking confidence and you're thinking, oh, I want to, you know, I want to get this particular job, but I don't have confidence in my skill set for it, then every job application you send out or every interview that you have, they're going to say, yeah, you may be a great fit for this, but, and then you don't get the job because you're not exuding confidence that, yeah, I'm the best person for this job. So it is absolutely vital for everything that we do, that we want to be successful at. 
Absolutely. What kind of tips can you give us for being more confident? Practice, whatever it is. It can be an actual skill that we have to learn. It can be, let's, let's talk about money because I love talking about money. Money's an energy and people like fear money or they freak out about it or they don't understand it. So if you are lacking money confidence, then your ability to attract more money is going to be limited, right? So one of the tips that you could do is actually start managing your money. Know where your money goes. We're given a paycheck, and most people are never given instructions on what to do with that paycheck. So part of that is is understanding how am I spending my money, right? Like around 25 to 30% should go to housing. And I have other there's a lot of people out there that talk about, you know, the percentages of how your money should be allocated. But 50% of your money should be going towards your living costs and absolute necessities. And then when you can understand how you're actually spending your money, then now you've got control over it and you can make different choices around it. And by making those different choices, you are able to build your confidence and boost your money skills. I love that. I'm terrified of money. And how is it working out for you? Right? Luckily, my husband is not afraid of it. And he looks after all the money in my house. (laughs) He says, "Today, today, Tina, you can spend this much. Right. However, this doesn't build your confidence around your money skills. So now you're dependent on somebody else and them saying, yes, you can do this with it. So, yes, it's a great partnership, but a part of this is educating yourself so that you build enough skills that you at least have enough confidence that you know you could manage it if if anything were to happen. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely, that is something on my, you know, something I'm going to be learning hopefully sometime soon. Um, But I I also wasn't taught, you know, by my parents really how to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I I mean, not that my parents did anything necessarily wrong. I mean, they did what they thought was right. But I wasn't taught, like, they didn't, like, teach me from a young age that, you know, so much should go to savings, so much should... You know, I never learned that. And in the funniest oh, part, really I worked for a bank. When I came out of high school, I went to work for a bank. I thought it was my dream job, right? Because working with money would teach me how I'm to see money. Yeah, no. yeah, it was just money to yeah, me, thanks right? Of, thanks for one of the lowest paying jobs out there. I know. Yes, I learned yeah. that very quickly, too. Yeah. But you're not alone. And that's what I want people to understand is, most people are not taught how to manage money. And that's why for years, I want to say 12 years, I had a, I've had a coaching program called Women Rocking Money. And it does dive into the practical ways of managing money. It also helps you overcome the trauma that we have. So I'll give you, everybody has money trauma, right, on some level. And some are worse than others. And it is shit, it is really changed our belief about ourselves and it has affected our self-confidence about our ability to manage money. So when my daughter was, let's say she was 10 years old, 
she and her friends were walking down to the Thai restaurant to get Thai tea, and she took her wallet with her, and, you know, Thai tea, let's say five bucks. So she gets her tea, she comes home, and she says, Mommy, I, I can't find my wallet. And I said, oh, well, maybe you left it down at the restaurant. Let's walk back down there. We'll retrace your steps. Make sure you didn't drop it. Well, we retraced your steps. We didn't find the wallet at the restaurant. We retraced your steps three times. In that moment, I could have shattered her self-confidence about managing money because in her wallet, she had $171. So it wasn't like it was a little amount. She had a large amount of money in her wallet. And I could have... It could have shattered her confidence about herself and money in that moment. And I simply said to her, somebody must have been praying for that money. And that was exactly what they needed. And that money is going to come back to you. Now, inside, I was probably saying a few other things that may not have been the nicest, but I just chose in that moment to not shatter her confidence in herself. To this day, that kid finds $100 bill. She found one in the Empire State Building. She was walking down the beach and found an envelope flying towards her with two $50 bills in it. She finds $20 bills all over the place. She's probably 10 times the money that she has found since that time. So our belief in ourselves has a huge impact on our ability to receive more money. And it does start with, you know, what sort of money beliefs do I have and what sort of drama or trauma do I have around money? And it could have been even your parents fighting about money, right? Where the child hears it and we are traumatically imprinted by that experience. So it affects our ability to be confident about money or think, do I really want money? Because I don't want to fight about it. So maybe I don't want it, right? But yet we need it because it's our energy exchange in this world. Right. And I think this is one thing that I have learned over the last, you know, three or four years, that if we look at money as just an exchange of energy, then it becomes to flow at a more equal, like, um, flows back and forth, just like regular energy. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. We that's amazing. And I love that story of your daughter. I know, and I bring that up because you know how many kids have had the opposite, where even they lost five dollars, and how could you have done that? What were you thinking? Why did you have that money with you? Right? Like all those things, and now you go into shame and guilt, and I don't manage money well, and I'm not enough, and all the limiting beliefs that we sort of embody and then we grow up and we wonder well why am I not receiving what I really want and it stems from those types of experiences that have really shattered our confidence that I don't know why but I find that so like intriguing like there's so much more to learn about that mm-hmm absolutely so when you have a client in front of you and she says to you, you know, Jenna, I want to I want to accept more money. I want more money to come my way. How do you start a conversation like that? 
That's a great question. We we dive into beliefs around self-worth, valuing ourselves, uh, personal experiences that they have had, um, actually take them through some hypnosis where we go into their childhood and they may remember things in hypnosis that they never recall, you know, in their conscious awareness. And so, again, we have all these limiting beliefs that we sort of tuck away, and yet they're still a guiding force in our life. So we do dive into those. We talk about what, you know, what potential blocks that may be coming up. They could talk about their family patterns, because uh, even your family patterns are a part of your DNA, right? So if no one in your family ever went to college or no one in your family ever made more than $100,000, then you may not do it either. Because, you know, you may want to keep yourself status quo with the family and what's normal so that you fit in. There's a lot of, there's a lot of psychology and sociology that goes into the whole money thing. So it's definitely a process to dive into, to find out where the blocks are, to see what is holding them back. Because it's typically emotional stuff and limiting beliefs that are holding them back itty-bitty shitty committee that is in my head it is holding me like it's holding me back like from the money I mean I mean I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not crying for money I you know I don't my husband you know he knows how to look after the money that he makes right I don't go without my family doesn't go without right so I'm, I'm not complaining in any way but it's you know like you're basically telling me that it's my inner critic that is holding mm-hmm. me back from making the money that I could be potentially making. Absolutely. And mindset is a part of it. But the mindset, typically the beliefs that we hold are on a deeper level, and they aren't typically the tape that's running through your head. Sometimes it is, but not always, because some of those beliefs may be really deeply ingrained to the point where they're such a normal and natural part of you that you don't even recognize it. So I'll give you an example. I, I used to hold a meditation class at my house, and I had doctors in there. There were architects. There was um, a sportscaster uh, producer. Um, like these are high, highly paid people. And we did some we did some um, meditation, and then we did some things called muscle testing, where we're testing what the body you know, how the body is responding to yes or no questions. And most of them muscle tested no to I manage money well. Now, these people were making, you know, a quarter of a million, half a million, maybe more than that, and they're still not managing money well. So simply making more money does not eradicate the issues. And I've seen this with multimillionaires where they still have fear that I don't have enough, I need to have more And it's not that they need more money, but what they're looking for is something that validates, I am worthy, I am lovable. Some of these core things that we think, oh, if I just have money or more stuff or whatever, that it's going to solve the problem, and that's not what the problem is. It's feeling valued, respected, loved. And none of that seems like that. Yeah. It seems like that's what the problem is with most 
issues, right, is that we are searching for that self-worth, that whole, where do I fit in, what's my purpose, do people really actually like me? I mean, it comes down to do I like myself? And that's the core right there. Like, who cares if anybody else likes you? Love yourself. Love yourself and everyone else will be that reflection loving you. So we can't seek for something outside of us that we don't have within. Right. Isn't that the truth, right? I always, you know, I taught my kids that if you don't have respect for yourself, others won't have respect for you either, right? And respecting yourself, I mean, it's not just about, you know, um, you know, putting on makeup and, you know, combing my hair. It's not about just looking good. It's about the way you talk to yourself. It's about the way you treat yourself, right? If you're if you're allowing harmful things in your world, if you're allowing, you know, other people to walk all over you because, let's face it, there's a lot of people pleasers out there, right? Yes. No one is going to have respect for you. No, because they'll know they can get away with, you know, basically taking your energy away, your core essence, by walking all over you, by telling you what to do, and you you follow because you don't have the self-esteem, self-worth to actually set those healthy boundaries. Yeah. Well, what is your suggestion or what would you suggest to a client of yours um, how, how to change that? A lot of it is self I shouldn't say a lot of it, but part of it is self-talk, right? Like you were saying, the itty-bitty shitty committee that is flying through your head all the time, simply by saying something to them, when when they say something and you're like, is that really true? Do you really think that you're an idiot or that you did that? I mean, yeah, maybe you did something silly. Do you really need to berate yourself? When you stop that ego mind from berating yourself, all of a sudden it starts to change and we can change that narrative. So it does begin with your mind. The other thing is, is shifting beliefs. Now we can't always see our limiting beliefs because they're such a normal and natural part of us. So having somebody that supports you with overcoming those, with healing those, maybe even you can start to list them, but it does help to have an outside eye look at things with you, otherwise you, you'll glaze over it. You'll think, oh, that's not an issue, that's not a problem. I mean, I've been working, I'm also an energy healer, and I've been working on limiting beliefs for 23 years, and I still have stuff that comes up, right? So it's a part of our process to learn and heal and grow from. Um, I also use essential oils to support my clients, not only on a physical level, but it supports them emotionally, in resolving things. Um, For example, something like if you you were talking about people being a doormat. So if we need to set healthier boundaries using the essential oil clove or bergamot over the solar plexus will actually create this energetic barrier between you and the other people, and all of a sudden your energy will start to shift because this is all an end game, whether – It's your emotions, whether it's your beliefs, whether it's your mindset. This is all an inside game. So the more you can shift that inside in that inner game, the more you're going to get outer results that are different. And until you change that inner world, 
auto results are going to continue to validate what you're projecting. Yep, that makes sense. Wow. I'm totally like just a little bit. I don't know why it's like you know I I do this right I do this and yet I'm still so like flabbergasted at how it it's affecting you know your relationship with money like I just I can't believe you know and I'm and I'm I mean I know I've been I've dieted all my life it it, it affects you know your relationship with food it affects your relationship now with money like and with other people like it's. It's just so funny that if you solve that one problem, that's how we fix our life. Well, and let's, let's give people a really simple tool that they can use. One of the things that I find with most people is they're very ungrounded. And if you think about it, we are in our heads a lot. We're over-processing. We are worrying. We are overthinking all the time. If we could ground ourselves, simply means, you go out in nature, you take your shoes off, you walk around barefoot in the grass, hug a tree, sit in nature, doing things that help you feel connected and bring your energy fully into your body. I have actually witnessed a woman who just, the only thing that she shifted was she's grounded herself, she was grounding herself every day, sometimes multiple times a day, and she dropped 50 pounds. The problem is, is we over-process in our head, we're worrying about things, we're trying to project what we think is going to happen, and the challenge is that's not our job. We need to focus on the present moment. So the more we can be present in our bodies and not in our heads and trust our gut instincts and listen to our heart, the more we're going to achieve and manifest what we want. That is awesome. When you said that, I went, wait a minute. You mean if I go walk in my backyard and by bare feet, I'm going to lose 50 pounds? I'm going right now. <laughs> yeah, connect with Mother Mother Nature, right? Like listen to the rhythms of Mother Nature. That's actually why I moved. I've lived in the mountains, but I moved to the ocean because I love to hear the waves. And the more we can get in nature and tune in, it helps us tune into our bodies. Most people don't even feel into their bodies. They don't even know what they feel. They're so disconnected. And yet we're in this physical body trying to manifest physical things, but we're trying to do it backwards. We're trying to do it from our our head and logic. And it needs to be from a place of, you know, like going back to what I was saying at the beginning, what brings me joy right now? Talking to you is bringing me joy right now, right? Like I love to share this information with people and it just excites me, especially you know, like you've already got ideas right now that you're like, ooh, I can do that. Ooh, I can implement that, right? So this is something you can walk away from and already have tools that are shifting your physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, your mental body, and especially your financial body because you're going to be more loving and compassionate to yourself and attract that to you. Wow. I love this. Okay, so I'll be honest. This is not new information for me, but for some reason, it's hitting me in a different, like a different way. Like I totally feel like empowered. I want to go walk in my backyard right now with my bare feet. I want to go sit and meditate, and you know, I don't want to hug a tree. My trees are super dinky right now. But like, it's, you know 
wow, like where have I been? <laughs> and that's the problem. This is amazing. Is- Thank you so much for like opening my 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 mind to all this again. Absolutely, and I think that's where we, you know, life is a lot simpler than we make it. We complicate things. We think, oh, it can't be that simple, right? Like, oh, I can't just love myself and then money flows to me. Or, oh, I can't just, you know, ground myself and have amazing things happen. But when you're fully integrated in your body, that's when, really when the magic happens, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're seeing the benefit from – and the other thing is, you know, you may do it for a while, but then people forget or they get busy. But any time that you're feeling maybe confused or overwhelmed, if you could just go out for a couple of minutes and walk barefoot or if you're not able to do that, you know, like I rub the leaves on my, tr- on my plant inside. I'll just take a couple of minutes and just – like my plants thrive in the house because I'm constantly just talking to them and you're doing a great job and thanks for oxygenating my house and, you know, things like this. It may sound silly grounding to you and you're going to feel better and you'll go back and be able to solve, you know, whatever the problem is that you're working on. Right. I love that. Well, I remember as a kid, you know, people would say, talk to your plants and they'll grow better. Right? And my mm-hmm. mom even said yeah. that to me just a couple of weeks ago. She's like, do you talk to your plants? And I'm like, um, no. <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> and she's like, it's true. Right? Like, it really is true. If you talk to them, they grow better. And I'm like, Absolutely. are you losing your mind? No. You know, but I've heard that before, right? I mean, it's not new information. And, I mean, really, it's I mean, I can see it being, you know, beneficial to myself as well. Because if you're making your plants happy, because they're living things. I mean, their cells are alive just like ours. They're going to exactly. grow better if they hear good things. And the, when they grow better, they are even better for us, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was an, an incredible conversation. It's been fantastic. Thank you for inviting me on, Tina. This has been amazing. Oh, yeah, it was just a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you're an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely comes in every shape. So if you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at infobloomstyling or by email at tina at infobloomstyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.